Welcome to NFP's Insights from the Experts podcast. Each episode showcases timely expertise and perspective from members of the NFP community, delivering information, analysis, and solutions that address our clients' most significant challenges. Hello, and welcome to NFP podcast called Understanding Medicare. My name is John Deem, and I am the Regional VP for Benefits Compliance for NFP in the Mid-Atlantic region. Before we start, please note that this podcast is for informational purposes only and cannot be relied upon as legal or tax advice. Medicare is a very complex and complicated subject. In this podcast, we are going to try to simplify this very complex topic. I am joined today by my colleague, Lucia Fan. Lucia currently serves as a VP of Corporate Benefits for NFP, also here in the Mid-Atlantic region. In addition to her Certified Employee Benefits Specialist designation, Lucia is also Medicare certified by AHIP, and she serves as a Medicare expert for NFP corporate and wealth management clients in the Mid-Atlantic region. Lucia has many years of consulting experience advising both employers and employees regarding employee benefit issues. She helps her clients navigate the maze of health insurance options, including issues related to Medicare. Welcome, Lucia. It's great to be here with you today. Pleasure to be here with you as well, John. Super. Well, as we get started here today, as you know, many people have a hard time understanding Medicare. Why do you think that's the case, Lucia? Well, John, there are a number of reasons for that. First of all, Medicare is a lot like learning a foreign language, if you know what I mean. Um, It is by no means easy to navigate. There are so many different parts with alphabet letters, which makes it hard to keep track of what's what. Now, if you refer to government websites, there are so many different warnings and penalties about missed enrollment. This can make someone feel very intimidated and it's very nerve wracking. So lastly, newly eligible Medicare beneficiaries receive and can expect to receive a massive amount of mail and telemarketing calls right around the time that they turn 65. Again, this just adds to all the confusion. Yeah, that really does sound like a lot and a really confusing mess. Well, why don't we start at the beginning? Can you give us a brief history of Medicare? Sure, I'd be happy to. Medicare has been around since 1965. It's a federal health insurance program that covers nearly 60 million Americans. It was actually created to provide a safety net for seniors as well as disabled individuals who meet very specific criteria. We're gonna start with original Medicare, which is also known as Part A and Part B. And as I mentioned earlier, it was passed into law back in 1965. Original Medicare is the way most people get their medical benefits. You can go to any doctor, specialist, hospital, or facility that accepts Medicare Parts A and B. Medicare Part C, also known as Medicare Advantage, was later added in 1997. We're going to talk more about Medicare Advantage in a little bit. Lastly, there is Medicare Part D, also known as prescription drug coverage, and that was added more recently in 2006. So there you have it, John, the A, B, C, D, and parts of Medicare. Now, if you follow the order of the alphabet, that's how you're going to remember which part was passed first. 
Yeah, that's a lot of different parts, and I know we'll take a deeper dive, but why don't we take, take a look at the current Medicare statistics to get started? Ooh, on to the fun stuff. Yeah, there are lots of great statistics out there. Um, currently, about two-thirds or 67% of all Medicare beneficiaries are enrolled in original Medicare. Hey, John, did you know more than 10,000 people turn 65 each day? Actually, I did know that. that. That is a lot of baby boomers, of which I am a proud member, card-carrying <laughs> member of that cohort. <laughs> That's wonderful. I love baby boomers. They're awesome. I talk to them every day. 81% um, of enrollees in original Medicare have supplemental coverage, either through a Medigap policy, also known as a Medicare supplement, an employer group health plan, or Medicaid. Oh, wow. Super interesting that you can have both Medicare and Medicaid at the same time together. Yeah, absolutely. So when you combine the two together, coverage is actually often very, very good and comprehensive. So finally, the last statistic I want to share is that 25 million Medicare beneficiaries also purchase a Part D prescription drug plan. It's a good idea to purchase a drug plan because... Medicare Parts A and B do not cover prescription drugs. So if I understand you correctly, you have to buy a prescription drug plan, correct? That's correct. If you want one, you have to buy it, but you don't have to buy it. Now, would I recommend not buying it? Probably not, because as you get older, you tend to take more medication. So it's a good idea to have a prescription drug plan that will help you take care of some of the prescription costs. Great. And so help us understand who exactly is eligible for Medicare. Well, that's a great question. So qualifying for Medicare is not automatic. Generally, Medicare is available to people age 65 or older, younger people with disabilities, and people with end-stage renal disease. And for those who don't know what end-stage renal disease is, it's simply um, an individual who would require um, permanent um, dialysis or transplant due to kidney failure. And you're eligible for premium-free Part A coverage if you're 65 or older and you or your spouse worked and paid Medicare taxes for at least 10 years. So just to clarify, if my married spouse didn't work at all, um, she could qualify for premium-free Medicare Part A at age 65? That's correct. Only one of you has to earn those 10 years of credit. The other thing is you must also be a U.S. citizen or a legal resident who has lived in the U.S. for at least five years in a row, including the five years just before applying for Medicare. Now, if you meet all these criteria that I just mentioned, then you're eligible to apply for Medicare. Super helpful. So let's take a look at those different parts of Medicare, a little bit of a deeper dive about what each one of them covers. Sure, there are four distinct parts to Medicare. Even though you'll hear a lot of different alphabets, it's just important to remember there are only four parts. Each part is assigned a letter of the alphabet. Now we're gonna talk about the A, B, C, and D parts of Medicare again. I know that we'll be repeating it several times, but it's really important to understand the difference. I'm gonna start with part A, which is called hospital insurance. Most people get part A for free, but some have to pay for it. As I mentioned, if you've worked at least 10 years, you get to have Part A premium free. But if you haven't worked for 10 years, you can buy Part A for a cost. 
Next, we have Part B, which is the medical insurance component, and that covers um, office visits and outpatient services. We're going to go in order and go right into Part C, which is Medicare Advantage. Medicare Advantage plans are offered by private insurance companies, and Part C combines original Medicare Part A and B, and with A and B, you get Part C. It also sometimes includes Part D, which is prescription drug coverage. In order so, for you to enroll in uh, Medicare Advantage, you have to have both Medicare Parts A and B. And lastly, we've got Alphabet D, Part D, which stands for prescription drug coverage. So you said if I work for 10 years, I get premium-free Medicare Part A. Uh, it's my understanding that I have to actually pay FICA taxes for those 10 years. Is that correct, Lucia? Oh, yeah. Those beautiful FICA deductions we see on our paycheck. That's what that's all about. So, yeah, next time, if you're curious to know, take a look at your pay stub. Super. So thanks for walking us through that at a high level. Let's take a look at what each of these parts of Medicare actually covers. Okay, so I'm going to really talk about what it covers, but then we're also going to talk about what it doesn't cover as well. I'm going to start with what it covers. So Part A, as I mentioned earlier, um, covers inpatient hospital stays, hospice care, skilled nursing facility care, and some limited home health care. And that's it. Part B covers outpatient services like your doctor's visits, your surgeries, wellness exams, lab tests, and durable medical equipment. So what about drugs that treat cancer? I've, uh, some people have to go to the doctor and get infusion drugs for cancer. How is that treated here? Great question. So are a lot of people were under the, I guess, misconception that cancer drugs ought to be covered under a prescription drug plan, when in reality, it's covered under Part B. So that's how those services will be covered, okay? Um, and then there's Part C, which, as I mentioned earlier, combines Medicare Parts A and B and prescription drugs all into one plan. And a lot of times coverage is tied to a carrier's network of providers. So if you enrolled in a Medicare Advantage HMO plan, for example, your access to care will be limited to the providers in that particular HMO network. Okay? And then we've got Part D, which covers prescription drugs. Um, insurance companies typically have their own list of covered drugs, also known as a formulary. And it's important to note that formularies can change from year to year. But don't worry, you'll be given plenty of notice of any changes. So it's very helpful the way you walk through those four parts. I'm also aware there's something called a Medicare supplemental plan. What are they, how do they work, and what do they cover? Yep, so first things first, if you hear the term Medicare supplement and the term Medigap, they mean exactly the same thing, okay? So they're interchangeable. Um, what's confusing is Medigap plans are also assigned a letter of the alphabet, just like the A, B, C, and D parts of Medicare that we just went through. So when someone hears plan A or plan B, they ought to clarify whether that means original Medicare part A or part B, or if that's referring to a Medicare supplement plan, because those can also be named A or B as well. And as you know, John, there's a big difference between the two because you can only buy a Medicare supplement if you already have Medicare parts A and part B. 
Um, the other thing I want to mention about supplemental plans, they are standardized. So what this means is if I were to purchase plan G, for example, from an insurance company, it must pay the identical benefits to um, a plan G that I may be able to get from another company. So all plan G's have to pay the same benefits that's required by law. Okay. Um, and since Medicare Part A and B have deductibles, coinsurance, copays. It's really a good idea to consider purchasing a supplement plan that can help pay for some or all of the costs that's not covered by original Medicare. Um, and then one thing that'll be really important for the audience to know is Medicare supplements are guaranteed renewable even if you have health problems. Guaranteed renewable, that sounds good. Does that mean that I can't be canceled or charged more just because I have higher utilization, I'm using the plan more? Exactly, that's exactly what it means. So if you hear guaranteed renewable, guaranteed issue, these are all great features. Yeah, that sounds like an important protection. Good, good to know. So we went through what is covered by Medicare. What's not covered by original Medicare, parts A and B? Okay, well, that's good to know as well, because sometimes um, an individual might have group coverage that includes dental or vision, so they would want to know about this. Um, so it can, Medicare can provide really great coverage, but, you know, obviously it doesn't cover everything, right? So the rule of thumb is if it's not covered by original Medicare, then it won't be covered by a supplemental plan either. And the um, benefits that are typically not covered by Medicare include long-term care, which is not covered by group insurance either, vision or dental care, hearing aids, eyeglasses, or private duty nursing. And it does not cover alternative health care, routine foot exams, or chiropractic care. All right, all very helpful. So now let's take a closer look at original Medicare and supplemental plans on the one hand versus Medicare Advantage. Can you use yeah. any doctor or hospital with either type of plan? Um, so I get that question quite a bit. Um, my answer is it would depend, John. So it would depend on whether you have a Medicare supplement or a Medicare Advantage plan. With a Medicare supplement, you can in fact see any provider as long as they accept Medicare patients. It's as simple as that. That's the only rule you have to remember with regards to access. With a Medicare Advantage plan, you will be required to use providers in the carrier's network. Now, the network can be either national or regional. It just really depends on the plan that you select. Wow, it's super important. So Medicare supplement, pretty much any doctor anywhere in the country that accepts Medicare, Medicare Advantage is going to have a network of providers, which might be quite broad, but sounds like less, um, less robust than Medicare supplement. So, That's a good assessment, yep. Super. What if I want to see a specialist? Do I need a referral for my primary doc? Yep, another great question. So with Medicare Supplement, you can see any specialist without a referral, again, as long as they accept Medicare patients. With a Medicare Advantage plan, you may need to get a referral. You may not. It just depends on the um, cause for your visit. And you will be required in most cases to see a specialist within the network. Gotcha, gotcha. So again, it sounds like with Medicare Supplement, there aren't networks and there's no network restrictions. Am I understanding that correctly, Lucia? That's right. 
Well, so the other thing we want to talk about um, is, you know, a lot of times as you get older, you tend to want to enjoy traveling. And I often get asked, hey, what happens if I'm in a Medicare Advantage plan that is, say, in a regional network and I travel across to the other side of the United States, right? Will I have coverage? So the answer is you'll have coverage if it's considered an emergency. You will always have emergency-based coverage, even if you're enrolled in an HMO plan. Um, however, if you um, receive care and it's non-emergency, then in that case, no, it would not be covered by your Medicare Advantage plan. And to contrast that, if you had a Medicare supplement plan, you wouldn't need to worry about that. You can seek care anywhere as long as the provider accepts Medicare. Another good to know fact. So can I enroll in Medicare supplemental plan anytime or are there restrictions around that as well? Sure. So you can apply and enroll in a Medicare supplement plan anytime after you turn 65, as long as you have joined Part A and Part B. So without those two pieces, you will not be able to enroll in a Medicare supplement. My recommendation is to enroll within the first six months from when you receive Medicare Part B. And the reason is that is when you will receive what's called guaranteed issue rights. No health questions asked, fill out a simple form, answer a couple of questions, and you'll be approved. Now, with Medicare Advantage, you can enroll as well once you receive Medicare Parts A and B. And then if for some reason you miss that enrollment time, then there are specific times during the year when you can also join a Medicare Advantage plan. Gotcha. So if I want a plan that it provides the most comprehensive coverage with the fewest number of restrictions as possible, which of these two options would you recommend for me? Well, that sounds like my kind of plan, John. But um, as you know, everyone's situation is unique. Like I, you know, they could be coming from a background where they've got a limited fixed budget. They could have had a, you know, a drop in their income. It just really depends. But um, I would say generally speaking, a Medicare supplement is going to give you the greatest amount of flexibility with greater coverage, especially for long-term stays in a hospital. Now, if you're on a limited budget, so let's say, heaven forbid, you know, you just lost a spouse and you have limited income coming in um, because of your inability to work, then a Medicare Advantage may be suitable in that situation. Um, Medicare Advantage plans tend to ha have a higher cap on out-of-pocket expenses that the consumer would be responsible for. So it's a really good idea to find out what that cap is. Like, are you going to be expected to pay up to $6,500 a year, you know, if you were to sign up for that plan? Um, and just remember also, there is no coverage when you travel outside the U.S. if you have a Medicare Advantage plan. Okay, got it. So going back to Medicare Supplemental for a minute, does it automatically include a prescription drug benefit? Man, wouldn't that be nice? Because I think uh, it would just make everything so much easier if it included it. But unfortunately, it does not. Medicare supplements are meant to supplement only original Medicare Parts A and B. So as you know, Parts A and B do not include drug coverage. So if somebody wanted to, they could purchase their own drug plan. Um, because it would not be covered by Medicare A or B. Gotcha. And that, that separate Medicare drug plan would be a Medicare D plan, correct? Yeah, that would be D. So how about Medicare Advantage? 
does it come with drug co coverage automatically? Um, yeah, so that's actually one of the things that stands out um, about a Medicare Advantage plan compared to a supplement plan. Medicare Advantage plans do, in fact, include prescription drug coverage. Super, good to know. So we just took a couple of minutes there comparing and contrasting Medicare Supplement versus Medicare Advantage. Why don't we take a look at group health insurance? A lot of the folks listening to this podcast today probably currently have employer-sponsored group coverage. How does that compare to Medicare in general? So that's a great question, and I get asked that question quite a bit. Um, it's hard to say without comparing the plan features of each plan. For example, um, you know, you might be coming from an employer that covers some of the premium, most or even all of your premium. So, so far we looked at the different parts, what they cover, what they don't cover. Let's talk about the cost. How much does Medicare cost? Wow, so that's a loaded question because um, a lot of it really just depends. But generally speaking, um, for someone to get an idea of their true cost, I recommend breaking up the cost into buckets, okay? So bear with me because I'm going to explain what goes into each bucket. So bucket one um, would really have no cost associated with it for most people because that would be part A, which as we mentioned earlier, that is um, the premium free coverage that you get if you've worked at least 10 years. So that's bucket number one, part A. Bucket number two would be for part B premiums. So part B premiums have a standard monthly amount. Now this monthly amount is adjusted annually by the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services. For 2020, the standard part B premium is $144.60 per month. This is the amount that everyone would pay. Some will pay more depending on their modified adjusted gross income. Now who determines who pays more and who doesn't? Social Security Administration. They are the entity that administers Medicare. They have access to everyone's tax records and they will be able to look at an individual's modified adjusted gross income from two years prior to determine if an individual will be charged extra, also known as a surcharge. Now, if you will be charged a surcharge, well, that's a mouthful, um, then it would be applied to not just Part B, but Part D as well. Um, and then a lot of people often ask me, how often will I get billed by Social Security for Medicare B? So Social Security will either bill you quarterly for your Part B premium, or they'll just take it out automatically if you're already receiving Social Security retirement income. So it's pretty straightforward. And then if you owe a surcharge based on your income, then you will be billed separately for these surcharges. And surcharges are reviewed every year. So just because you're stuck with a really high surcharge one year does not mean that you will continue to pay that year over year. Okay. So we've talked about two buckets and we've got two more buckets to talk about. So bucket number three would be for um, Part C costs. So the Part C premium would only apply if you decide to purchase a Medicare supplement, uh, sorry, not supplement, Medicare Advantage plan. So if you buy a supplement, then your Plan C premium wouldn't apply, obviously. And Part C premium depends on your age, your home zip code, and then of course the plan that you select, okay? Um, another cost component is Medicare supplement. As I mentioned earlier, you can only buy a supplement if you have parts A and B. 
and the cost of a supplement would depend on whether you're applying during a guaranteed issue period, which is going to give you the most competitive um, premiums, and then other factors such as, you know, what is your age, your gender, your home zip code, do you use tobacco products, are you applying with another person at the same time? A lot of companies offer what's called a household discount. So that's if two people apply at the same time, they will reduce your premium by a certain percentage. And then the last and final bucket is obviously if you are thinking about purchasing a pre um, prescription drug plan, then you'll want to cost that out as well, okay? So a lot of drug plans do carry an annual drug deductible that you have to meet for non-generic drugs. So even though it may be like a $400 deductible, don't think that you have to pay that $400 deductible before you receive any benefits. If you take prescription drugs that are generic, the deductible would not apply. So my suggestion for drug plans is to take your time, research the best plan out there for you based on the medications that you take. And I can always help with research because um, there's a national database that Medicare has created that allows you to plug in your prescriptions and it'll tell you which plan is best for you. So that's kind of cool. Um, caution, or I guess a reminder, if you're a high utilizer of prescription drugs, just be aware that there are phases and gaps in coverage mandated by the federal government, also known as donut holes. So that's a very complex topic. We're not going to talk about donut holes today, but I do want to mention that. So donut holes are associated with Part D as in David, right? Yes, that's correct. Got it. Very good. This podcast is designed to provide general information and considerations on the various parts of Medicare. Each individual situation is unique and should be discussed with a consultant or Medicare representative. This is especially true for an individual who is also enrolled in or eligible for an employer-sponsored group health plan as there are additional considerations.